What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Josh Newberg, and this is the Inside Scoop. Another week of college football, another week of visits, a lot of recruiting developments, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to bring on Chad Simmons, On3 Sports Director of Recruiting. Chad, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to be back, Josh. Yeah, another busy week. We're going to start it off down in Coral Gables. Uh, Four-star wide receiver Tyler Williams out of Lakeland is going to make his decision on Tuesday, tomorrow. But over the weekend, he was in Miami. The Hurricanes going to have one last crack at him. Um, unfortunately, the game didn't really go as planned, but Tyler Williams was in there for an official visit all weekend. What are you hearing coming out of that? Yeah, I don't think wins and losses matter too much, especially year one with a new head football coach. The majority of the buzz is still very positive around Mario Cristobal and what he's doing at Miami, even though it was a tough loss to Middle Tennessee State. Tyler was there, and it was Tyler's second visit to the University of Miami this month. You know, And, and the last two trips he's made um, have been to the University of Miami, and that was trips, I think, two and three for him and his family as he obviously closed it on, on a big decision on the 27th. And uh, this at one time looked to be Clemson, Georgia, Texas A&M. Uh, it's come down to pretty much Miami and Georgia. I think he's mentioned South Carolina as a finalist as well. He took an OV there to Columbia back in June. But Miami and Georgia are the two schools to watch. We're roughly, what, 24 or so hours away. Uh, and I still like Georgia. I mean, Miami has done, I think, all they could do um, to make themselves a competitor to Georgia. But I still, based on the intel I've picked up, even while he was at Miami, even after he's come back, he got back home late Sunday night from Miami. Uh, I still hear Georgia is in the best spot to land Tyler Williams. All right, Chad, I'm penciling you in for an expert prediction to UGA. Now, we're going to find out in just about 24 hours where he's going to go, so we'll be tuned in for that. Another big visit that took place over the weekend was five-star edge Keon Keeley. Uh, he was in Columbus, Ohio to visit Ohio State on an official visit. Uh, we talked last week about the, the Buckeyes gaining some traction with Keeley. What are you hearing coming out of this visit? Yeah, that, that traction is not slowing down based on what I'm hearing, Josh. I mean, another from a great source, quote unquote, excellent visit to Ohio State, you know, uh, up there with the family. Keon spent time with other recruits, you know, some players at Ohio State. Of course, he spent a good amount of time with Larry Johnson, defensive line coach there under Ryan Day. And I think that that's the key here. I think Larry Johnson and his history, his resume, uh, they're comparing Keon to Chase Young. Can he be that next guy, that next number one pick on the defensive front to come out of Ohio State? And based on what I'm hearing, uh, Keon likes what he hears. He's really buying what Larry Johnson is saying, what Ryan Day is saying, and the family is as well. They met with uh, some Ohio State um, people you know, in tailgating situations after the game, uh, getting more familiar with people around that foundation and that program uh, and what makes Ohio State, Ohio State. And some people have told me that Keon sees you know, Ohio State a lot like he saw Notre Dame, the school he was one time committed to, just a little bit different, not, not the independent, playing in the Big Ten, playing that schedule. Um, and just has really fallen in love with not only Larry Johnson, but what Ohio State is about from a student athlete, from an academic standpoint, and the environment around Columbus. So 
to go back to your question, Josh, the traction uh, is still building with Keon Keeley and Ohio State. Yeah, but it feels like there's a little bit more than just a build going on because when he decommitted from Notre Dame, it seemed like Florida, the Gators, had maybe an inside track on him. They got they were able to get him on campus a couple times, um, even as recently as when they lost to Kentucky at home. But since then, we've talked a lot about Ohio State, and now coming out of this visit, is it maybe safe to say that Ohio State is the team to beat for Keon Keeley? Yeah, I mean, one source close to this told me it's 50-50 right now at best between Alabama and Ohio State, not Florida. So the in-state school there seems to be losing some traction uh, to Ohio State. And I, I would probably, if I had to give one school the edge, uh, I'd probably lean today towards Ohio State. But again, he's been there twice. He has the Alabama official visit coming up early next month. I don't think any decision will be made until at least he takes that OV to Alabama. He visited Bama a couple of times spring, summer. Uh, he was there in July late before he decommitted to Notre Dame. At that time, the Crimson Tide had, had the buzz. Let's let things kind of settle down coming off this second visit to Ohio State. See what I hear late in the week, early next week. But right now, it looks to be a battle at the top between Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah, that one's really starting to heat up. Um, on Saturday, Knoxville, Tennessee was just insane. It was the place to be, whether you were a fan or a recruit, and there was plenty of recruits in town. What are you hearing coming out of that big visit weekend in Knoxville? I mean, positivity, Josh. I mean, you know, the recruits obviously have always loved that atmosphere at Tennessee, 100 plus thousand people. Um, it's obviously better when you're winning uh, and the band's playing Rocky Top. They open that tee up when the team comes out in, in pregame. Uh, a lot of excitement, you know, in year two under Josh Heupel. You know, obviously you had a couple of official visitors we'll talk about uh, shortly, but you had, you know, the face of this class and Nico was back in town from Long Beach, California. And of course you had guys like 2024 elite linebacker, Sammy Brown up from Georgia. Uh, and the list goes on. And I've talked to numerous recruits that were in town in Knoxville and they loved it. It, it was a, it was a great atmosphere, a big win for the university of Tennessee. Two official visitors on campus, five-star David Hobbs and three-star offensive tackle Vison Ling. Uh, what are you hearing on those trips and what's going on between them and the volunteers? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of scoop here on the inside scoop. I'm probably going to drop a prediction on the on-three recruiting prediction machine for Vice and Lane to Tennessee. Let's uh, go. They put themselves in a great spot. I mean, O-line coach Glenn Ellerby has done a great job just communicating with Lane, being very transparent. Uh, they had a great meeting with him. Of course, Josh Heupel, uh, other recruits on campus, other players, and – Vison definitely raves about the opportunity and what they're building uh, in Knoxville. So I like Tennessee at this point. He'll be at Auburn uh, for an unofficial visit this coming weekend. Auburn's an in-state program. Uh, LSU is in the mix as well. He's talking to some other schools. But it seems like a three-team SEC battle, and I lean towards Tennessee right now for Vice and Lang. Shifting over to the defensive side, Devin Hobbs, uh, one of the top prospects in the country, Five-star D lineman from Concord, North Carolina. Uh, added the fifth star. We updated our rankings just last week. Um, and this is coming down again. Three teams in the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee's been in this longer than Alabama or Georgia. He's visited Tennessee 
you know, close to five or six different times. I've been to Alabama twice, Georgia a couple of times. So Tennessee has the edge in longevity, relationship, I think comfortability. You know, his sister is a big time basketball prospect, one of the best in the country in 2024. She loves that Lady Vols basketball history as well. So that's one thing to keep in your back pocket and watch throughout this race. Those guys are super tight, very tight family, but Rodney Garner, Tim Banks, Josh Heupel, all involved. Obviously, Tennessee won the game. Uh, and Hobbs feels very good, again, about what's going on in Tennessee, what they're building, how they're progressing. And he really has some deep relationships there as well. So uh, Tennessee, I think, thought about could this OV be too early, given Alabama and Georgia uh, the latter visits? But there is talk about uh, Hobbs getting back now after this OV for another game this season to Tennessee. And that tells you all you need to know about his interest level in the Vols. Yeah, two more visits for Hobbs. It's always interesting to see how the, the teams try to position themselves at the end. Uh, Tennessee obviously made a great impression. We'll see if it's a lasting one. So let's now switch over to the number one tight end in America, Deuce Robinson. He was in Athens over the weekend to check out what UGA has to offer, to watch Brock Bowers do his thing. Uh, Deuce Robinson getting a lot of attention from all the top teams in America. But what are you hearing on him and the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, Josh, I mean, if you watch the game, do you think it was a coincidence that they gave Brock Bowers a jet sweep and go 75 yards on the first possession? I'd say probably not. They want to showcase Deuce what he could be if he goes to the University of Georgia. And Deuce spent a lot of time with Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp, uh, Ryland Goaty, uh, Darnell Washington. Uh, he talked about how close those guys are. He raved about how they all pull for one another and how he want to be in a tight end room just like that. You know, obviously Georgia has commitments from Pierce Sperlin and Lawson Lucky, uh, two tight ends, but don't don't read that the wrong way. They want those two plus Deuce Robinson in this class and make it a three-headed monster in that tight end room for the class of 2023. You know, I came into this visit, Josh, thinking that USC would be extremely tough to beat mm -hmm. for Deuce Robinson. I made my pick early on for the Trojans on the on three RPM. And coming out of this trip, I still probably lean towards USC, but not near as much as I once did. I think Georgia is a legitimate contender coming off this visit. Uh, he met with Kirby Smart for an hour and a half, him and his family, to close out that visit. Of course, he's extremely close with tight ends coach Todd Hartley. Obviously, the offense speaks for itself. They're always in 12 and 13 personnel. He would see the field early and probably often. He would be featured. He would be developed. Those are all things he told me coming out off this visit that he, he already knew that about Georgia, but he saw it in person. He got time to be with those guys in person. And I, I can say that made a very big impression, not only on him, but his family. And there's a lot of buzz now around the Bulldogs being a true team to watch moving forward for Deuce Robinson. So what's next for Deuce? Because we know he's taken a couple trips, but he hasn't really set up a decision date. Is he going to take more visits? Do you think that he's ready to make a decision sometime soon? What's up with Deuce? Yeah, you know, I ask Deuce that every time. We close out our interviews every time. Hey, are you any closer? Where are you at with the process? And it's really the same answer. You know, Chad, whenever I feel the time's right. You know, and he says, he said again last night, I talked to him late when he got back to Phoenix last night. And, you know, he, he said he's in no rush. And I think he plans to obviously stick with the OV he has set up next month to Alabama. 
he, he was locked in to go to Texas earlier this year for the Alabama game for an OV due to, due to weather, his game being pushed back. He's looking to reschedule that trip to Texas. And he mentioned also likely a fifth one could go to Oregon. Um, so he was there in Oregon in July. They're still in communication as well. Uh, but based on what I'm hearing right now, um, I think he takes those visits, at least the one to Alabama, maybe Texas, maybe Oregon, uh, and likely makes a decision closer to the early signing period. Um, but I do think two teams now have separated themselves. I thought it was one, but now I'll say it's two. I think Georgia is a true competitor to USC in this race for the number one tight end in the country. Wow. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one, uh, Chad. Thanks for coming on the Inside Scoop and doing what you do, which is bringing the best inside intel anywhere. Thank you, Chad. We are back on the Inside Scoop. Up next, national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Sam, how you doing? Busy weekend? Yeah, man. Happy to be home, but uh, really, really, really fun last couple of days out there in East Texas and uh, North Louisiana. And you got to see five-star quarterback Arch Manning play on Friday night. Tell us about the game. What did you see? How did they do? Let us know. Yeah, this was a, this was a sight. Um, I've been to a lot of crazy Friday night atmospheres over the last couple of years, and this was, was definitely one that, that's going to stick. Um, they had courtside seating um, at Manny's Tiger Stadium out there in uh, about 20 minutes uh, outside of Natchitoches, Louisiana. They had fans there at 5.15 p.m., almost two hours before kickoff. Um, this was a big deal, um, not only because of all the talent on the field, but this kind of talent doesn't come through Manny, Louisiana very, very much. You had uh, media from all over the country in attendance. You, the stands were filled. Um, you had motorcycles during the pregame show. You had the coaches were, were lit. Um, this was everything you wanted to, and it was a close game with, with Arch having a chance to to win the game in the fourth quarter on the final drive and, and ultimately Newman and uh, they came up just short, but this was, this was a game to, to remember. This was an awesome atmosphere with some awesome players on the field. Yeah. And you've been studying arch. You've, you've seen him in person for a couple years now. What was your impressions of seeing him in 2022? Yeah, um, you know, I got to see his first couple of scrimmages in the, in the summertime. Um, they're introducing a whole new offense over there. Um, and, and you know what, I, I don't think they showed very much in the summer because what they've shown through the first month of the season has been prolific. Um, the, the offense took a, a step back this week. They lost their tight end, Will Randall, who's also like Arch committed to the university of Texas. Will tore his ACL and the comeback win against Benton. And he's going to have surgery next week on his, on his ACL to repair it. Um, so you saw, um, a, a little bit of a weaker Newman offense and, and, they went against the Manny defensive front that that brought the blitz. Um, you know, they must have sent they sent guys on every single play and they left their, you know, they left their coverage one on one on the outside. And without someone like Will Randall there to to really scare them, you know, it kind of fell on Arch's shoulders. He was under duress most most of the game. Um, we saw him have a couple of successful drives in the second quarter and then in the second half. And again, they had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. Um, he has such a quick release. Um, he gets rid of the ball so fast. So even under all this stress, all, under all these blitzes, um, he's running around. He's making insane plays. He's getting the ball out way quicker. He's throwing across his chest. He's throwing on the move. Um, and really, you know, you don't want to fault anyone, but the receivers are unable to separate against a quality defense like Manny. 
Um, man, they have a uh, Tylen Singleton, who's a top 50 junior playing DB and linebacker. So he's blitzing arch and he's also dropping back into coverage against, you know, these receivers. So they, they have a lot of versatile pieces for Manny, but arch impressed. Um, you know, you saw him kind of, you know, overcome some of the, the lack of weapons they have with, with how quickly he can get the ball out, how he moves, how he sees the field and kind of, you know, kind of project what he's going to see. And he sees it before it happens, which is really impressive. And the fact that they were in it, you know, their defense played lights out as well. You know, you have to credit the Newman defense, but um, Arch himself had a, had a really great performance. Um, nothing to nothing to hold your head at. You know, that that offense gave it at all, but they went against a really quality Manny defense that was ready to play on Friday. Yeah, and one of the one of the players he went up against is Tackett Curtis, a top 100 linebacker committed to the U, to USC. Um, before the game, they did have an exchange. They said that they text a little bit. He, and, and Curtis mentioned that Manning is trying to flip him to Texas. Does he have a shot? <laughs> no, not a shot. Um, that's really funny that you bring that up. They, they've been texting since the summertime. Um, when, when both of them were committing in the summertime, they were, they were already, um, I wouldn't say talking smack, but they were both looking forward to this game and, and this setting. Um, and they're going to play in, in New Orleans next year and keep this rivalry going. But um, Arch is locked in with Texas. Um, Tackett is going to make his first game day visit to USC this weekend. Um, they are both content in their commitments. I don't see either one of them flipping, but Hey, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to see. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to ask, I'm just going to throw it out there. Texas starts the season two and two. <laughs> so you're telling me that if Arch Manning gets a call from Kirby at Georgia or Nick Saban at Alabama, you think that this, this commitment is just rock solid to Texas? Yeah, his recruitment is over. It was over, I believe, June 23rd um, when he made a decision. Um, he took his time with this. We all know about how long he took with his process, going very calculated, very, very slowly and very methodical. And he waited until he was ready. He was not forced by anyone else. Um, he waited until the right moment and until he was comfortable with that decision that he was going to live with it. And, and after the game, he spoke about it. He said, you know, our, you know Texas is, is without their starting quarterback, maybe quarterbacks, you know, plural. Um, and you see what they're able to do on offense. You know, I, I think he understands the situation. He he knows what Steve Sarkeesian brings to the table as a play caller. Him and A.J. Milwee and, and Terry Joseph, who's a Louisiana guy, are very close. Um, I think he's really excited about the future of Texas and the class that they're building over there and, and the coaches that are over there. And, you know, with Arch, yeah, a lot of it, you know, you could focus on the football side of things and, you know, what that offense brings to the table. But he really likes Austin as a city. Um, his family really likes Austin. They like the campus. And. Um, they're really comfortable going to Texas and nothing, no one is going to be able to change that in my opinion. Okay. So Arch knows where he's going to school, but one player in the state of Texas does not. And that's David Hicks. He's the number 10 player overall, number nine player overall, sorry, number one overall defensive lineman in the country, according to on three. And he's got a big decision set for Wednesday. Sam set the table for us. What are you hearing? Yeah, I, I put my RPM pick in for Oklahoma a little bit earlier this month, and, and I think the Sooners have been the team that's been trending since July. Um, you know, David has not, you know, really narrowed this down to, to less than seven teams, so he's, he's really left this open and, and open to interpretation. Um, but those close to him believe this has been kind of a two-horse race for, for several months. Um, Texas A&M was the first school to ever offer David a scholarship um, when he was an underclassman, a freshman at Katie Morton Ranch in, there in Houston. Um, and they've been recruiting him since he went up to Dallas-Fort Worth and, and since he came back to Katie. 
Um, Oklahoma has also been in this. You know, you think about Brent Venables um, and Miguel Chavis and Todd. They were recruiting him all at Clemson. Um, and then when they got to Oklahoma, which was already a contender under Lincoln Riley, I think that that really is when they separate from the pack. They got him on campus in July for the barbecue. Um, and they, they view him as a centerpiece of this D-line uh, group that they're trying to bring in. They have Colton Vasek, also from Texas, and on 300 edge defender from Austin Westlake. They have P.J. Ottaware, a five-star edge. And they look at D.J. Hicks as maybe the centerpiece and physically of that defensive line group. Now, TNM has a history of being the top defensive lineman in the state of Texas. Um, Elijah Robinson and has been a big, big part of that. So is Terry Price. So... And he made this decision to commit way earlier than expected after visiting Kyle Field for the Miami game. Mm-hmm. So listen, this is this is this is he's, he's very he keeps things very close to the vest. He doesn't hint very much. I like where Oklahoma stands. I think that they're the team to be, but I am not ruling out Texas A&M just yet. OK, well, the number one defensive lineman in America will make his decision on Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for stopping in, Sam. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Yep. See ya. Thank you for watching. You guys go ahead and smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the content on the On3 YouTube page.